Hey guys, and welcome back to Black and Behind the Scenes. I'm Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. Hey Brittany, what's going on girl? How have you been? I've been good. Happy um, Women's History Month. Is it Women's History Month or Women's Month? I think it's Women's History Month. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it happens. I mean, if, if you're like me, I only found out about Women's History Month about a smooth seven years ago, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, I think it's something that's relatively new. I mean, if it's not new, it's only emerging um, as something popular due to social media, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because um, when I was in Women in Film and Video, like when I was doing some stuff with them back in the day, um, it popped up or they had like a women's history museum or something like that in DC uh, for the month of March. And I was like, Oh, okay, go to school. So that's when I kind of was introduced to it. So yeah. 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 Um, what's going on with you? What isn't going on with me? Everything. Um, but that's life. <laughs> that is life. Like it's just, I'm just glad, I'm just glad I made it to be able to record the show. And like, this is actually moving forward because it was really touch and go there for a moment. Really touch and go. <laughs> like handle on the pulse. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna make it. I don't, yeah, I don't know if we're gonna make it. We do, and actually, um, if you want to touch on the Golden Globes, we can we can definitely circle around that. But I did not highlight anything from that, other than like kind of what I heard from social media and the buzz about who won. Because I personally don't subscribe to award shows just because fuck them. Um, <laughs> be honest. Right, exactly. So, yeah, we can skip that, girl. All right, well, there we go. We are skipping that. <laughs> uh, but what, um, so what I will jump into and talk about kind of is uh, the first story that I have. The first few stories I want to talk about um, are from Deadline. Um, the first one up is that BET Plus nabs Birth of Cool from Marco and Lena Waithe Hillman's grad. Um, Birth of Cool will be a 10 episode series of a high school dramedy which revolves around Crippus Atticus High, a predominantly black high school in Compton. The half hour, com the half hour dramedy follows the adventures and misadventures of both students and teachers on campus and off as they try to make it through the weird, hilarious, stressful, often sombering, sometimes surreal school year while hopefully growing a bit in the process. Um, Brittany, have you heard about this series and are you excited about it? Hmm. I have not heard about the series. Am I excited about it? I don't know. I mean, I love Lena Waithe. I am a, a fan of her. I really am. I am not so much a fan of her um, television comedy um, direction or writing. If mm. that makes sense. Like, I'm not a fan of um, Twenty. No. Or, um, 
Okay, that's interesting because I actually, okay, Boomerang, I agree with you with. I'm not there for Boomerang. But 20s, I actually like 20s. I don't, I, I get what you're saying with it. It's a little, there's something there. But I think, and I think the only reason why I connect with 20s is because it's about someone in the production industry trying to make their way. And I just relate to that. So that's maybe my connection with it and um, why I like it. Because, I, again, I love seeing, like, actual people in the industry try to do their thing. So um, I guess I was looking at it from a different lens. So, yeah. yeah. Also, you're excited about it. Yeah, I, I am. And the reason why is because, like, this is kind of the theme of what I want to get into later, but I'm just sick of um, black trauma, seeing it. Yeah. Um, in all different aspects of it. I don't care what it is. And we'll get, like I said, we'll get into that later. But um, I'm just happy to see other kind of content coming out. Just something, you know, make me laugh, make me love, make me do something other than be sad and depressed and, you know, <laughs> curl up in a corner. <laughs> Yes, BET Plus, which again, I will not be subscribing until all the episodes are out. Maybe, you know, BET Plus, once they finish um, First Wife Club season two, and once they finish, um, what's my other one? God, it just slipped my mind. Bigger. Bigger, Bigger. season two. Yes. Yes, girl. <laughs> we were good fans. We were huge fans of that show. Yes. So once they finish Bigger Season 2 and then Birth of Cool, once that's finished, I'll subscribe and then watch everything. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Until then, yeah. Yeah. Until then, we'll see you soon. Okay. <laughs> and um, speaking of new shows being picked up, I guess it's um, pilot season where all these different networks, um, Upfronts up just recently happened. So they just yeah. announced all the new shows that will be coming out over the year. So that's what, what just happened. And so the next show that's coming out is um, Peacock picks up Craig Robertson's comedy and Lauren Michaels bust down um, their two new series. So the first series, um, the Peacock that ordered um, for Craig Robertson is a 10 episode half hour comedy series, which is currently untitled, um, but it is starring Craig Robertson. And Craig Robertson, you guys, if you don't know, he is a gentleman from the office, the black guy from, um, I can't, his name is slipping my mind right now. Um, he worked in the um, he worked in the warehouse. In the warehouse. Not Stanley. Not Stanley. No, the other black guy. <laughs> Not Stanley. <laughs> Not Stanley. The other guy. Uh, his character's name is slipping my mind, but um, he was also in This Is the End. He does a lot of things with uh, in Pineapple Express. He does a lot of things with um, Seth Rogen and that whole team. So I, I'm a huge fan of Craig Robertson. He, I love him so much. Yeah, I was saying that um, Craig Robinson had his own show for one season. Um, it was called Mr. Robinson. He was a teacher. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad to see him um, get another another um, a pilot. I do want him to cut that hair, though. 
Yeah, he's been rocking the same kind of fade for a minute. Yeah, for sure. Girl, I can't. I can't with it. And um, so this comedy is going to be about class, capitalism, and one man's quest to achieve the American dream. So that'll be pretty cool to, to watch again. So, um, and the other show that's coming to Peacock is called Bust Down, um, which is about a four casino employees in a dead end job in the middle of America attempting to find their self worth and their bad ideas. Um, this series is starring Chris Reed, Sam Jay. Langston Kerman and Jack Knight. Um, and this will be um, six episodes that were that was ordered with Peacock Plus. So Chris Reed is the guy from SNL. Um, he's one of the main cast members. Sam Jay, she recently had a Netflix special, um, comedy special that came out. She's hilarious, I love her. Um, she was someone new that I knew nothing about. Um, and then Langston Kerman, I believe this is the young man who is from um, Insecure. He was the one who dated Molly, and he 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 was um he was gay or something like that. That was his character. Um, and then Jack Knight, I'm not familiar with him at all. So yeah. Okay, so I do like Sam J. I'm not familiar with the rest of these folks um but sure i'm i'm for it okay i just hate that it's all on these um platforms that we have to pay for like which makes me know automatically i'm not going to watch them because i'm not going to pay for peacock same um yeah i mean i recently saw the paramount plus thing I don't even know what the fuck that is. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck is Paramount Plus? And what does it include? And what is this? Like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't, I want to watch it again. Like, at least it's something like that looks like it's going to be good. Hopefully these other platforms, like once the season one is done, how normally Netflix picks up a lot of um, series. I'll just watch it later. Like, this is something I'll watch when the season one comes on somewhere else. So. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, next guys, we have uh Kenya Barris takes on contemporary relationships for Paramount Plus um in a new series under his Viacom CBS deal. So only reason why I wanted to bring this up was just because this is um one of Kenya Barris's once he announced that he was leaving Netflix um after his short, very short contract well no it was supposed to be like a four-year contract i believe with them that i guess went away or whatever deals that he decided to do he um want is moving over to viacom and the cbs deal that he has this particular um show that he's going to have come out um is going to be under them paramount plus so this is going to be one of his first shows on that end to that he's going to be working on i thought that was kind of interesting because he said that the first series um that he'll be involved with He's taking an intimate look at contemporary relationships. We will explore the, explore the complicated, ever-changing boundaries and sometimes racy dynamics that have shaped and redefined what modern love is. So I thought that was interesting because he's clearly going to have to touch on social media and the effects of that in relationships and kind of the new dating pool of what that looks like. So um, I'll be interested to see his perspective on that and who he's going to get to write on this particular show. Um, Brittany, how are you? What are your thoughts on this? I'm shaking my head no because I'm not interested. <laughs> like, based on what Kenya Barris has showed us, 
about what he's written about relationships in the form of um blackish and um that show on netflix what was the name of the show y'all why why black as fuck um and then also on grownish i'm not i don't i'm not no (laughs) i'm not interested unless he's going to have it'll be about younger people but then that's just grownish um or unless it's more about his character because he's getting into a divorce now right so maybe it's about his character um dating after that but even still i'm not i already know how kenya bearish feels about relationships and what based on what he showed us i don't feel like this is going to be any different than what we see on any of his other things i could be wrong i could be eating humble pie later on but that's a good point that is that is a good point because he is what is it how do they say in baseball oh for two or something like that oh for three or something how many shows he has one two three yeah oh for three yeah, he has three, four, four. Well, if you count, you count Black AF, mixed-ish, grown-ish, black-ish, that's four shows. Oh, for four. There we go. So we'll see. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, but okay. okay. All right, cool. Well, there we have it. Um... <laughs> The other story, guys, comes from Variety, and this one is that Kevin Hart's drama Fatherhood moves to Netflix and has a set release date. So this film was actually was, was supposed to be released in theaters on April 16th of this year, but the studio just negotiated a licensing deal with Netflix to have it released over there. Um, and with that being said, it is... Um... um It is so this particular movie um, centers around a widower who must raise his daughter after his wife dies in childbirth. <laughs> Shit. Fuck. The cast includes Alfred Wittard, Little Rail, DeWanda Wise, and Anthony Kurgan. Um, and I'm trying to see if they have a release date. Oh, it will be on uh, Netflix June 18th. So, yeah, so that's one of Kevin Hart's new films. Um, oh, this is a film, not a show. Yeah, this is a film. This is a film. So I don't think this is a part of that deal that we recently talked about that Kevin Hart has um, under the Netflix umbrella. This is something that he already had produced and, you know, filmed and finished um, and was supposed to be released in theaters. And because of COVID, they just have a deal with Netflix to move it over there. So, okay. That's kind of, um, that breaks my heart with the childbirth thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah, at first I thought it was a show, and I was like, isn't this the same premise of Keenan? You know, Keenan Thompson's um, sitcom, but this is a movie. So um, when it comes out, girl, we will review it. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll be there. Um, and the last story I have, guys, that I recently saw from um, Hollywood, The Hollywood Reporter is that Pose is ending with season three. No! Oh, you didn't know. Yes. And and they're only going to get seven episodes. They're shortening the episodes. Why? Exactly. So let's talk about this. So I, my theory behind this is that, okay, I have two, two sides to this. Okay. The first side is I understand 
why it could possibly be, be closing because Ryan Murphy is doing a lot more stuff with Netflix and he's producing a lot more over there and maybe he doesn't have the time to dedicate towards the show with FX, etc. Um, so that's one side of it. The other side is that um, I personally thought that this was going to be a series that lasted about seven, eight, ten seasons because you could go through different decades of, um, you know, the culture of Pose and, you know, the evolution of the ballroom scene and what it looks like today. And I was talking about this with my friend and, and talking about, like, it could go for decades. And then even what the future of what, you know, ballroom scene could be. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts, Brittany? I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pretty sad about this. I'm, I'm, I'm blown. Really- I mean, this is heartbreaking. I, I really did enjoy this show. I mean, not only was it groundbreaking in that the main characters were transgendered and um the lgbtq um was very highly represented in this show but it was just a good quality show like i really enjoyed it and man yeah that blows mm-hmm. man okay yeah, so so yeah, guys. Um, and with that sad news, that is it for the industry rundown. <laughs> okay. All right, this. All right, you guys. This week for the spotlight, we're going to highlight the one Miss Tara Duncan. Tara Duncan is currently the head of network of Freeform. Um, She's been in this newly positioned since, well, she's been in this new position since June, 2020. Um, So her vision uh, for the network is to continue to develop content for Generation Z and for the millennial audience. Um, The network just recently announced that they have picked up um, a pilot episode of um, Phoebe Robinson's book, Everything is trash, but it's okay. Um, But prior to um, going to Freeform, Tara was um, at Netflix, an executive over there overseeing Orange is the New Black um, and Narcos. She also had an overall deal with Hulu. And um, there she was developing an adaptation of the book, The Other Black Girl. Um, in addition to all of this that she's doing as an executive, as a producer, she's also a founding member of Who's in the Room, um, and that is a mentorship program helped seeking to help diversify executives and producers in the industry. So I just wanted to big up Tara and kind of, um, you know, congratulate her on her new position. It'll be almost a year now, but um, I'm excited to all that she is going to bring to um, Freeform because she is a young executive. And um, like I said, Freeform is a young network catered to Generation Z and millennials. And I feel like she could bring um, with her resume, a good slate of programming there that would be interesting to watch. Yeah, very cool. Um, I didn't even hear about this, but that's really dope that she's doing that and was able to move up in the ranks and um, go over to do that, to head that up. So um, I'm definitely excited about that. Yep. All right, guys. And on that note, we will move over to Stream or Skip. In our first two films that we have up, um, uh, the first will be Judas and the Black Messiah, 
And the second one will be a short film called Black Boy Joy. And both of these are currently available, oops, currently available for uh, streaming on HBO Max. But I believe Judas and the Black Messiah will be off of the platform by March 16th. So they, it only stays on the platform for one month of its release date. So if you're ever looking for content for there, just it's uh, for theatrical releases on HBO Max, it's one month af after its release date. So Judas and the Black Messiah is the story of Fred Hampton, chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party and his fatal betrayal by a faith, faith, faithful portrayal by FBI inform informant William O'Neill. Um, the writer was William Burson and Shaka King. The producers were Ryan Coogler, Charles D. King, and Shaka King. Director was Shaka King, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Pomos, and Ashton Sanders. This was the production company was Born Studios, Participant Media, and Marco. Um, again, it was true. This is streaming on um, HBO Max currently. So, Brittany, what were your thoughts of Judas and the Black Messiah? <clears throat> um, I'm going to start with the good. Um, I was very excited. I'm excited for this new crop of young Black Hollywood um, directors and actors. Um, so I was really excited to see Ashton. I was excited to see um, Daniel Lakeith um, is very, <clears throat> I was, I was excited to see Shaka as the director, the Lucas brothers as the writers. Um, and then also Ryan Coogler as um, a, an executive producer. I feel like all of that together made for a good gumbo mix of, of talent. So I am excited and was excited to see all of them working together and pulling together this project. Um, I thought um, I thought the direction was good. I thought um, Daniel and Lakeith especially did very well in their acting roles. Um, <clears throat> my only one, my only one gripe about this is that you could be led to believe that this was a biopic and it's not. It's a cross between um, a, a biopic and a thriller. And um, I was reading an article um, from the Lucas Brothers in which they said they purposefully um, wrote it as a thriller-like um, because they felt like it would be more sellable into um, the Fred Hampton story. And I can see why they thought of that. Um, and by also making it, okay, so by not making it a biopic on either Fred Hampton or William O'Neill, you're kind of just left with them equally taking um, a, 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 a prominence on the screens. And only William O'Neill is like our entry point into this story. So we don't really get to know either characters as well as I would have liked. Like I would have wanted to see more of how um, Chairman Fred Hampton was charismatic. And even though they showed him like pulling together everyone to form the Rainbow Coalition, I still would have wanted to see more of him. I still wanted to see more of William O'Neill's background and his thoughts and his um, attitude, but we really don't have that um, 
available to us because both of these primary sources are no longer with us. So I feel like we're robbed of just a little bit more that we could have gotten from this story. And then two, I know this is a lot, <laughs> but two, um, I feel like to make the entry point be about William O'Neill, I don't feel like this man in real life was as empathetic, as conflicted, as um, um, uh, regretful of his actions as Lakeith played him. I feel like Lakeith played him more so struggling with his decisions, more so like as a person who was just put under the... Um, you know, used as a puppet. Now he was very much used as a puppet by the FBI, but I feel like William O'Neill in real life was a little bit more apathetic than what Lakeith portrayed him to be. And I think that was a purposeful thing done by the writers to make the real villain of the story, the FBI and their nefarious tactics on how they um, use this young black man to, um, infiltrate the Black Panther Party and, and ultimately assassinate um, Chairman Fred Hampton. But in real life, I don't feel like William O'Neill was as emotional about his involvement as Lakeith portrayed him. And those were my two, four, five, six cents. <laughs> no, that was perfect. I mean, you, you uh, your description and your, your thoughts on it are a lot more profound than mine. Uh, let me, and I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna explain myself. <laughs> Trying to watch a very serious film with a six month old is damn near impossible, okay? So, <laughs> let me tell you when I say, I need the movie theaters to come back because <laughs> mama needs to go to a theater to watch a movie for an hour and two hours in silence. <laughs> yeah, okay, I can, I can see, I can see that. But what were your thoughts? Yeah, so what I was able to catch in between cries and playfulness and things like that um, is, is I agree with everything that you said about the film. Even like there's perspectives that you even mentioned that I didn't even pick up on or even think about. Um, but my thoughts on it was that it's a, it was a well put together film. I thought um, I do agree that it's not a biopic about Fred Hampton, which is what I probably will initially thought that I was going to get more information about Fred Hampton, um, about his character, who he was. A lot of black people don't know who he is, never even knew he existed. And it's not and let's not shame other black people who don't know their history on Fred Hampton or understand or um, understand his significance and his role within the black community and what he's done with the Black Panther Party because a lot of though that information was either not given to us on purpose or hidden from us and it's definitely not taught to us in school. So if your parents didn't know about it and it wasn't a word of mouth or like a, a scholarly kind of information that you were getting um, this information from, you probably just don't know. So I, so I just, I mean, yeah, I could see why you wouldn't know because I mean, honestly, Fred Hampton's story was almost siloed to just Chicago area exclusively. So how would my parents know about a Fred Hampton in Texas? You know what I'm saying? Like, and even, even the stuff that we do know about the Black Panther Party, what you're only um, knowing about 
Huey and, and, and the folks in Oakland. You're not you're not learning about um, not even the people, the Black Panther Party in your own city mm-hmm. and those members. You only know that crop of people. Right. Agreed. So that'll be kind of just my little caveat of it is just more so of um, the black. This is a lot of people's introduction to Fred Hampton, and his, you know, uh, the, the man himself and things like that. And so the only other thing I would say is that I, I love seeing Ashton. I love Lakeith. I love Daniel. Like, these are my guys. Like, I love these men. And um, the Lucas brothers writing on this and then Shaka King, like, just like you said, everything that you said, I agree with 100%. Like that, it was like magic. And, and Ryan Coogler, like, I can't, like all these guys came together to get this done. Like these black men, it's just amazing. Um, fantastic. I thought their performance was amazing. Um, Lakeith did a wonderful job with that character. Um, it just, uh, yeah. And the young woman who played, um, opposite of Fred Hampton, his love interest or, uh, I, uh, her name, I, I don't, her name is in my mind, but I've seen her in a lot of other, um, films. Um, her name is Dominique. Okay. Dominique. She's an up and coming. Uh, I believe she was also in that Jamie Foxx movie on Netflix, Power or something. Yeah, she was on that and um she did a really wonderful job on that and um so yeah, uh that's uh, I just thought the film was good. Uh I the only gripes that I have about it again is just my my thing is just um I'm tired of seeing the black trauma. Like I had to walk away cuz I knew what was going to happen to him in the end and I knew that she was pregnant. And I knew you know the whole scenario of how it was going to um damn, I just gave it away. I mean, you didn't really give it away. We all know how the story ends. Yeah, okay. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, so I walked away from... I just... I'm just tired of black trauma. I love the film, but I'm just... I can't anymore. Um, But, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And and so, okay. So, what I'm saying is... I, I felt like the direction to not portray, like, a gruesome death was a good idea like oh yeah i agree no one wanted to see that but i also feel like um because we didn't play up um fred hampton we as an audience we didn't get to know him more in depth to really get that emotional gut punch like we needed at the end when he was assassinated you know what i'm saying it just felt like um I don't know. I just the the I think the emotional connection wasn't there because you it didn't you didn't um you were not given enough time to fall in love with this character. Exactly. You're not able to connect emotionally with this character just because of how he was portrayed in the film. Um and you also because um Daniel played him, this is another point that um I was listening to uh, Angel and Kev on stage talk about their review, which I hate doing. I hate listening to other people's reviews before I make my review, but um, she, uh, Angel brought up the fact that Daniel is, is a lot older than what um, the... Uh, God, his name slipped my mind just now. Jesus. Um, Fred, Hampton. Fred Hampton, what he actually was, he was only like 21 when he died. Yeah. So for, you know, the audience, I think if the audience were to have seen a younger person or just someone, um, maybe you feel like the vulnerability of that, the kid, 
but he but i don't know i don't it, no i just felt like they i felt like in order for us to get that real to get that emotion from the audience we really needed to to get more screen time and learn more about fred hampton the character and we really needed to um vice versa for uh, william o'neill but because again i would say if you have not seen this go into it without thinking that this is a biopic because it's not you're not going to um get any more um in depth or emotional um i guess um attachment from this than you would if you was watching uh, a Tyler Perry movie. No, I'm just playing. Girl, stop. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's just, yeah. That's my only one thing about it. But other than that, like I said, I thought Shaka King did a really good job with the direction. Everyone did a phenomenal job in their performances. Um, and I can't be mad at uh, how well put together this film was period agreed yeah agreed all right guys so the next um film that we're going to review is black boy joy which is a short film and this is about three generations of black men struggling to juggle the demands of raising a young son with autism while adapting to their new normal after the death of a loved one so um the writer for this was michelle sam the producer was nazir kenneth Furby and Giovanna Molta. Um, the director was Maria Lee, starring Evan Alex, who is a little boy from us. Monte Russell, which I'm not familiar with him as I think he's a new actor, and um, Will Catlett. And that's my man from um, Bikers. Was it Bikers or what was that film? Well, Love, Love Is. He's from Love Is, the um, main character in that one, and then the um, Baltimore film that we just reviewed. He was a oh yeah yeah yeah, Charm City. Charm City. There we go. Yeah. So oh, bikers. He was in Bikers Boys. Yeah, I was like, what is that film called? Damn it, my mind. Um, and this guy's is streaming on HBO Max as well. So, Brittany, what were your thoughts on Black Boy Joy? <laughs> Um, I am a fan, fan of William Catlett, um, but I did not enjoy this film, um, <laughs> only because it was misleading. There, there's nothing joyful about this short film. <laughs> um, I was just like, wait, what? Because it's, it's a sad film. It's about, it's literally about a family, the father, the grandfather, the son preparing for a funeral. Um, so there was no joy. I also did not like those, um, those portrait vignettes in between the scenes. I did not enjoy it. I was like, what, what is this going on? Um, I was not a fan of this. However, I do like the idea of, um, seeing black autism on the screen. Now that I thought was a refreshing new perspective, but everything else, no. I did not like it. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, this goes back to what I said is that me just, I'm tired of seeing black trauma. Um, I'm just sick of it. Um, this is nothing personal about the, well, yeah, it is personal. I'm tired of seeing black trauma uh, <laughs> in all forms, shapes, fashions. So this film was very depressing. 
Um, there was no joy in it whatsoever. Um, I don't know where they got the black boy joy from and why they named it that. Um, I have an idea, but I don't want to give away like what that significance may be, that, that trinket of connection. Um, the only thing that I will say that I did like about the film itself was the perspectives of three generations of black men. Um, from the father, his generation, and just the understanding of how to raise a son and what it means to be a boy and a black boy at that and how you should act. And then the father's perspective who seemed to me that he wasn't even in the picture at all because you know nothing about your son, sir. The fact that you can't even get your son dressed and together, like, so you clearly were not in the day-to-day -day of anything going on with this boy. Yeah, I just kind of took that as if like, you know, the mom, was the caregiver she was in the day-to-day -day and he he was there you know now he has to be that person who knows every because when you have a child that's autistic and autistic in the way that this um young boy was playing um there are a lot of intricate details that you have to know like what they like what they don't want what's triggering what's gonna you know set them off and it seems like he didn't quite know that he may have been a little bit hands off with but that's insane to me. I mean, look, maybe I'm sensitive right now, but I'm like, you are the father. <laughs> you should know these things. Like, why can't you know this? Like, why are you not understanding? Like, why? Why? Why are you not in the day to day? Why don't you know this about your son? I, I just. It, but okay, okay. I'll I'll let the, I'll let him live in this film. I just. Yeah, I mean, so was this a stream or a skip for you? It was a skip. I mean, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not sick of black trauma, sure, stream. Um, have fun. But if you're tired and you don't want to see any more traumatic stuff, I would say skip. Sorry, I don't feel like this was traumatic. I felt like it was. I felt like it was a different perspective, but it was sad. It was depressing. <laughs> like when I think of black trauma, I think of slave narratives. I think of um. Judas and the Black Messiah. I think about even um, Billy Holiday ver versus the United States. Um, oh. You know, all those type of movies where you're just like, ugh, black people, <laughs> we just always get the shit, you know, but we still thrive. But, <laughs> but I didn't feel like this was one of those movies where like, ugh, it's so tiring being black, the white man, you know. This was just about a family dealing with death, of dealing with grief, dealing with challenges. And so, uh, but it's a skip for me. Yeah. <laughs> Even with saying all that, it's a skip. Mm hmm Yeah. That is what it is. Um... But you know what, though? You have, what, Coming to America too. <laughs> you know, coming to America too. We have all these new um, um comedies coming out on streaming. So we we have new we have new things coming out. We do, we do in fact. And um I'm looking forward to and that's you know, I told myself I'm gonna make myself this kind of um promise is that moving forward with this show, um, especially while we're still in this pandemic. So that's why I don't even know if I'm going to review Billie Holiday um, versus the United States because I haven't even watched that yet just due to the fact that I'm tired of it. I'm tired of, of the of the depression and the, no, I'm tired. So uh, I was, okay, so if we don't review, I will say this about um, the movie. I felt like Andre Day, did a phenomenal job portraying Billie Holiday, um, especially 
for her to have been a first-time actress, I thought her Golden Globe was well-deserved. I was not a fan of the movie, per se, and that was not anything on her. It was more of um, the writing and the editing style. Um, but her herself, her acting, and then everyone else in the in the movie, I felt like did a really good job. Like, um, um, gosh, let me see who these people are in this film. Um, Cervante Rhodes, girl, my little cutie patootie from Moonlight. He was the older um, Sharon. Oh yeah. Okay. Girl, that he is some sexy chocolate man. Um, I felt he was in that. I might have to watch now. Yes, no, he's in there. I felt like he did a really great job. Um, also, um, what is my what is my boy name from um Everybody Hates Chris? Tyler James Williams was in there. I thought he was really good. And you know who else was in there? Miss Lawrence. You know Miss Lawrence. Really? Yeah. All right, now Miss Lawrence, I've been getting checks. Yeah. So I mean, I thought I thought all of them did a really good job in their acting roles. I was just not a fan of um of the direction. And I don't know if that's a critique on Lee Daniels. I don't I'm not sure if I'm a real Lee Daniels fan. Oh, I know I'm not. So okay. <laughs> so, you know, he's a director. And I, I to me, Lee Daniels almost gives me Tyler Perry. For sure. Definitely. Okay. He's a, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't know if I was I the only one who felt that way. Nope. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's my only gripe is like, uh, I feel like it could have been better, but I didn't like Lee Daniels' direction on this at all. At all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Um... But that's all the sad movies. Yeah. We're yeah, so like I said, I'm doing, going to challenge us not to do this again. Any more sadness? Um, we're going to have to find some good, you know, upbeat stuff to watch because I can't, I cannot anymore. Um, and on that note, guys, we have like two minutes to get out of here, so we're going to wrap this up. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, to Black and Behind the Scenes. Um, yeah, and we will see you guys next week. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye.